0: and welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a true podcast. It's a narrative gaming book club podcast where we play through various, uh, story heavy games and then sit down and discuss them like we're in a book club. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and I'm joined as always by Six Detmar.
1: Hello there.
0: And Olivia Joseph. Hi. So, uh, just to kick things off, uh, what are we doing about the healthcare budget?
1: <laughs> I don't want to talk about that right now. I want an increase. I want... My healthcare budget is only two. I want three. I mean, listen, I'll give you three. Everyone's going to be pissed at me, and I'm going to be thrown out of office. But I will give you three. I want
2: three. <laughs> Do you see how much red text is in my section of the country overview? I need three money.
1: <laughs> I actually didn't see that because I basically never clicked that but I believe you and that's important is belief
0: yeah just take a few away from the police and the military what's the worst that could happen maybe well, they'll be a little bit angry but
1: how how can they afford to throw a coup after all I did to them is the thing I don't get <laughs> like what, what are they throwing a coup with their shoelaces I stripped their budget down to nothing I
2: mean here's the thing they already had The guns Those were sunk costs You can take their money away But they still had the guns Now granted Now granted they were like 10 year old guns But how many guns did you have
1: Mr. President You didn't have any guns It's true I did did make run on a policy Of not owning a gun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which I guess was kind of Telegraphing that I was very cooable Classic
2: Classic (laughs) mistake
0: so yeah, the, the game we're talking about right now is uh, Caesar Rain, uh, made by Torpor Games and uh, published by Fellow Traveler. Um, it came out uh, late last year, I think either November or December of uh, 2020.
1: That was December. <laughs>
0: okay. And yeah, it, it was made by like a team of seven people, and uh, it's, it's an interesting mix of... Uh, some sort of government simulator situation where you're making decisions about what to fund, what to cut funding for, um, who you want to open relations with or close relations with, and all that sort of stuff. But also, like, the way it's presented is closer to something like a Twine game where you get various visual indicators, but you're more or less moving through a whole block of text as you're making choices. (laughs)
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, also, very twine game in that you, um, they have the hyperlinks off to the different text sections that you can read. Every time somebody's name comes up, it's like you can go read their biography and then click from like those hyperlinks into hyperlinks about like their party or cities or regions of the country. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> it's really overwhelming.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um... Let me see exactly how much time I spent in the game. Okay, it was something like uh it took me twelve point four hours to complete it because I, I ended up just going down a glossary hole of just looking through all the various uh entries for each person, thinking that it would make me at least a little bit better at deciding where I stand with various people, but uh as it turns out that wasn't it wasn't that vital, but also it was all pretty fascinating information. Like uh We're dealing with an alternate reality, um, fictional Eastern European country where uh, it doesn't seem like World War II ever happened. And uh, basically the country went through a period, the country's name is Swordland. it went through a period where it went through multiple coups and uh, some presidents who basically installed themselves for close to... Multiple decades, that kind of thing. And yeah, uh, it's, it's,
2: um, I believe the, the, very, like the quick details are like, uh, monarchy into republic into coup d'etat into civil war into 20 year, uh, presidency into you, the player <laughs> character.
0: Yeah. It, it's had a pretty volatile history. And, um, basically you start out the game. You're playing Anton Rain, uh, and uh, you're basically building your backstory by being like, okay, where did you go to college? What did you do after college? How did you react when you were conscripted in the military to do a specific thing? And uh, that more or less determines where you're standing when you eventually come to presidency and the game proper begins. Mm
2: -hmm. And then from there on, you just kind of like... You go through your first term, there's, you know, decision points, uh, investment, uh, a lot of conservatives yell at you, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's crisis, there's uh, deals with your neighbors, um, UN stuff, uh, Yeah, know, just, just president things.
0: Yeah, and it's... During the four years of your first term, uh, it's 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 a situation where it's impossible to please everyone purposefully, so you're in a situation where doing a lot of fence-sitting will get you nowhere, but you have to do some fence-sitting or else things will turn out very badly for you and your family, so it's this interesting question of, okay, what compromises are you willing to make and what are you going to stand firm on? And, like, I went into this being like, okay, I'm going to be the best president ever. I'm just going to... I'm going to be the nicest person ever. I'm going to make sure everyone has free healthcare. I'm going to make sure all their medication's paid for. I'm going to open up all these rural hospitals. Um, my main focus was basically both healthcare and leaning more towards... Uh, Kantana, which is basically um, a communist repul- republic situation. And uh, during that time, I definitely made decisions that ended up fucking over vulnerable people once or twice. And it made me feel pretty bad about myself. <laughs> but uh, it's very hard to avoid doing that because, like, the game just sets up scenarios where someone's going to lose because it doesn't let you think too far ahead into preserving budget for specific situations
1: yeah I mean I I live there, there are a few moments I regret but I live pretty close to my ideal of how I should be as a president in this game and um, I got primaried and lost and then had a coup happen anyway <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's like why are you bothering in like 10 minutes i will be irrelevant <laughs> god
3: uh,
2: yeah i um w- i think this is a lovely little game about um how we need to abolish democracy
1: yeah, here here even even your own fucking people right even your own advisors like 90% of them suck ass
0: <laughs> yeah like
2: I mean, cause so I kind of shitposted. posted, I kind of verbally shitposted, posted, but I want to say like, like a, a huge, I think like a, a very kind of like compelling. I mean, at least to me, thing that this game gets across is like you as an elected, you know, executive official, you make promises, right? And then you go into office and you are completely like unaccountable to the people for four years and the only, the people you are accountable to are, like, other politicians, the military, bureaucrats, um, you know, billionaires, and you're just, like, completely, you know, you're, you're very, you're very separated from, like, the rest of of society, which puts you into this position, you know, even assuming that you want to play kind of, like, a left-leaning, um, president, because you could just go, you probably could just go, like, full nationalist on them, and you'd be Mm -hmm pretty much completely supported in that, I think.
0: Oh yeah, like uh, there's like after you end up uh, getting to the point where certain laws have been passed, uh, there's at least one segment in the game where you're presented with a bunch of options and a lot of them are grayed out, and you're just reading some of the options like, okay, there's an option to purge the entire political staff? What the fuck? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: I, I read and apparently, like, I, I read and apparently, um, the one of the ways to a, avoid a coup, like, a, I, I, like, after I got cooed, I also got cooed, um, <laughs> but after you, like, I was reading up afterwards and apparently, like, if you are, if you intend on, like, ma- maintaining two peaceful relationships or, like, too good a relationship with, uh, the uh the soviet union analog the military like will do a coup d'etat unless you have somehow like created the infrastructure to purge the entire officer corps oh that sounds great
1: <laughs> i gotta figure out how to do that <laughs> fuck that officer corps they're all dickheads uh, apparently
2: you have to apparently you have to it has something to do with keeping all of your presidential um
1: like executive powers so you have to resist constitutional reform Well, I failed anyway, because uh, I got so close to constitutional reform, and the last thing was like, okay, there's this one judge, and you can bribe him, or you can send someone to talk to him, and I was like, I mean, I'll send someone to talk to him, and then I'll follow up myself, and I didn't get to follow up myself, there was immediately a vote, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I really thought I'd get to get in the room with you, because I've gotten to get in the room with literally everyone else in this game. Mm -hmm.
0: So, there is something interesting about that particular choice, like, uh... The way that it happened for me as well was a situation where I was talking to him and like I had the opportunity to bribe him, but I'm not sure how to make this happen, but if you're in a situation where you're spending more time investigating the billionaires, he'll be go up to you and be like, Okay, I know your main enemy for this constitutional reform is uh this Chief Justice, uh, Otto Hawker. I'm probably butchering that name, but uh, I think it's Orso it yeah. it yeah. Hawker. Orso Hawker, yeah. And if you play your cards right, this other judge will come to you with, like, ten folders stacked with blackmail information about him. Like, apparently he has been up to some shit, and if you agree to work with this judge to basically install him as the new primary judge... He'll be able to... You don't need to bribe him, and he'll just use the blackmail... and You just use the blackmail information he gives you to uh, get this judge out of here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Wheeling, the wheeling mm-hmm. and dealing
2: of, of liberal democracy. Well, it's not that liberal yeah. a democracy.
1: No. I'm trying to no, make no, it <laughs> more liberal. I mean... That's the really funny part, right? Is, like, the, the setup of the game is really interesting and in that it's, like... You, like you're coming off of, like, this, 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 like, whirlwind-like saga of regime changes, and there's only one party that's relevant into, to the the modern politics, which is the, the party that belonged to the former fascist leader. Um, and it's a position where, like, you are the de facto candidate regardless of your politics because of how things shake out, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. But it also leads to a situation where you're the head of this pretty conservative party and I, I think for all three of us, we're fucking Marxists. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. The, the way I was
2: reading USP was like, it it, it wasn't like, because just based on the way it broke, the constitutional reform parts broke in my game, it seemed like there were definitely like more liberal left elements in the party, but it kind of had these conservative pillars, which you're supposed to buy into. Um. Mm-hmm. So like... When I when I pushed for constitutional reform, there's a significant part of the party that supported me, but there like there were some thing but that was because like I well, one thing I decided to do was not try to push for the prosecution of the previous leader. That was something everyone was cool with. Like even the conservative mm. part were like, Well, we don't agree with your reforms, but we're glad that you're respecting, like, the sanctity of the presidential office. Um so yeah, it really seemed like a Kind of a, ver- a very kind of like hegemonic entity where it's like there was variation, but there are things that you're supposed to accept within that party, and all of
1: that stuff is like mm. pretty,
2: pretty right wing.
1: Yeah. Sounds like. Uh, Olivia was a better politician than I was. One of my meetings <laughs> with, like, just, you know, as far as appealing to people, one of my meetings with, like, the, you know, the, the lady justice who meets with you, was well, she was like, so it seems like your platform is we should be able to persecute anyone in politics for being a dickhead at any time. And that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, maybe don't be a dickhead then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up having to make a few like compromises with uh, people in order to get their vote for the constitutional amendments like uh i at at one point i promised my wife who whose whole thing is that she's a ardent feminist and she's trying to make the situation better for for women in swordland um i had promised her the opportunity to speak at this opening festival and uh I met with one of the conservative politicians, and she was like, Yeah, you're gonna have to let this other person do that if you want... If you are going to get my support. And, uh... It really hurt to do that, but also, like, it led to an amazing scene where... This... Other person, like this, uh... Famous person within the conservative party started going off about how... Oh, women need to respect their roles, and my wife just stood up and started chewing him out (laughs) and i stood up and joined her doing it
2: (laughs) i had the opposite scene where she was making the speech and then probably Mm -hmm. uh it was like that guy who was the mayor stood up and went on a rant and then i had anton go on stage and own him with facts and logic in a very funny scene where he was just like uh i don't think it was intended to be funny but as if i were like ah, oh, you say you want to respect traditional swordland values but is it traditional swordland values to yell at a woman i don't think so mr mayor and he was like damn i violated my values <laughs> i have to sit down <laughs> and then everyone claps. My followers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got the i got the same scene and then when you later are trying to get the party on your side at least in my case like the party was like i mean you really should like you know apologize for for that and i'm like no i'm not doing that and then the um the people's freedom and justice party were like don't worry we're your homies now and i was like great all right
0: yeah they're the ones that ended up uh i ended up losing the election too because i partnered with them to get the reforms uh out there and in the open Mm -hmm.
2: i don't trust friends richter i don't trust that man at all
0: yeah, because like he, he owns a big business and it's clear where he's gonna eventually push the country to. but uh oh, it's so a situation you, did
2: you not get to the part where he committed a little bit of treason?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> me either.
2: What's this? Yeah, so um what happened to me was uh, during constitutional reforms, uh Hawker, the chief Justice, and like another justice, came to my office and they were like, hey, we noticed you're pretty tight with Franz Richter. Have you did you know that he's collaborate that he's like been making secret visits to uh to um uh, I forget the name of the capitalist country, but like, you know, oh. the American analog. Like, did you know he's been making secret visits there? And um uh I was like, "Hmm, it seems like you guys are working on some wild fucking conspiracy theory, but I'll take those photographs. Thank you." So I took them and took them to him and I was like, hey, buddy, talk to me about this. And he was like, okay, yeah, I met with the president of of Fake America. Listen, the last time constitutional reforms failed, I just thought we'd never get a democracy. And so when the president of Fake America contacted me and offered to, like, fund my party... Uh, so we could keep pushing for democratic reforms. I like almost, you know, I went, I talked to him about it. I didn't like take any money, but I really thought about it. And you can be like, you know, this is treason, right? <laughs> like you met with, a, you met with a foreign head of state and we we're like talking about him funding your party uh, so that you could take potentially stabilizing actions against our country. And he was like, yeah, I know I did do that. And I was like, well, buddy, I'm not going to turn you into the cops. But i will maybe if you fuck with me (laughs) and he was like yes sir okay we'll do we'll do the constitutional reform you want sir and i was like (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't trust his ass i also don't trust the i also don't trust the justin trudeau motherfucker um the uh There's so many names in this one, but he he's in USP. He's the, like, head of the liberal wing of USP, and he's the one who wants to be your vice president in exchange for
1: helping you do constitutional reform. Oh, yes, that guy. Uh, Lucian something. Wait,
0: uh, that's that's your advisor. Yeah. Like, your strategist.
1: Oh, well, he... Okay, well, he wanted to be my vice president, so that's why i got tripped up and i, I gave it to him cuz i was like i mean you get shit done that works yeah i think your <laughs> I like I think that. your vice presidential options are
2: like lucian um if you go constitutional reform like the you know the guy from the uh reformer wing of the usp or like sticking with peter which you should not do
1: yeah wait oh i you had the option to stick with peter at that point no i just know that you can
2: <laughs> like you can uh, stick by Peter, I mean, which seems
1: like a disaster. For me, he was dead at that point. What? So. Oh, Peter! <laughs> uh, I mean, shit went real bad. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: uh, tell us about what happened to Peter.
1: Okay, so Peter's kind of like a like a, uh irresponsible party boy, right?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know he's making some bad decisions as vice president, but you're like, I mean, fucking, I guess it's not my business. I mean, it is my business, but I have a lot of things that are my business, so I guess I'm gonna let this one go. I spent basically Um, every
2: scene with Peter being like, don't you do that. Don't you fuck that waitress
1: boy. Don't you go over there. And he's like, trust me, it'll be fine. So I I I guess, I I assume a lot of this happened for y'all. I don't know how much, right? Um... Then came the part where it was like, oh, I've been having an affair with your secretary. Oh, no. Uh, n- that didn't happen for you? Oh, no. What? Um. Oh, man. Uh, it gets it gets way, way worse. Yeah. Right? It comes to the part where he's like, I'm having an affair with your secretary. And, 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 and he's like, don't worry. I, I'm sorry. I'll deal with it. And Lucia comes in. and He's like, hey, about that. I'm like 99% sure she's a spy for a foreign country. And you're like, that part I mean, tracks. if you can present me evidence, and he does, and you're like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, that part, that part tracks because she is always like, now, Mr. President, could you give me a little inside info on what your plans are? And I was always like, listen, lady, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean yeah. to you, but you are my secretary. You do not get to know yeah, the so- policy decisions. <laughs>
1: Before they get published. Lucian manages to... He gets evidence that, like, okay, this is a fake name. There is a person who was being trained by a known, like rumsland rumsfort whatever that other country that being antagonistic uh like spot known spy school that like disappeared around the same time and has a very similar face and it's like okay yeah and he's like and then here's a recording of him like about to have sex with her her, her and peter about to have sex and she's like ooh, let's have sex but first can you tell me about upcoming policy decisions (laughs) and you're like all right Uh, (laughs) yeah fucking peter And so then, then it's like, okay, like I told Peter he like he Peter was like, I'll take care of this. And I was like, that was before this was like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can no longer take care of this. Um and it got out, and I had to be like, I mean, yes, it is true that my vice president was sleeping with my secretary, who is a spy. And he was like, what the fuck, man? And I was like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? He's like, I guess that's fair. (laughs) Um, And then he got depressed and killed himself. And I was like, well, I didn't want that to happen. But, I mean, you did extremely make your bet here.
0: So did that happen before, after you made him step down? Because him killing himself happened to me after I made him step down and take responsibility for it.
1: Uh, it did it did come after he after he stepped down, yes,
0: okay, so we more or less at the same arc there um yeah, I do think it's interesting how it that whole scenario made me realize how dangerous my strategist was because <laughs> yeah, it turns out your strategist Lucian has just been wiretapping your office and
1: uh <laughs> and every office <laughs> yeah
0: and. <laughs> I chose him as my vice president out of fear because it's like, okay, <laughs> this, this motherfucker clearly has a ton of dirt and it's much better for me if... I'm keeping him happy. That it is for me to keep it for me to make him upset in any regard.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I was basically a fucking like saint. I was bizarrely on the straight and narrow, so I knew he couldn't have blackmailed me. I was just like, I mean, if you want to blackmail other people so we can get progressive reform done, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: there's a there's a great conversation about Lucian where one of the. Um, one of the women in your cabinet i think it's nia the justice minister but she's talking or no i think it's kira the education minister because she's talking about educational reform and like the the state of women in Swordish society and she says like it's it's demeaning how like um uh you either are expected to be married as a female politician or to like Basically hit your star to a male politician. Nobody asks why Lucian isn't married, and one of my options was like, I think we can all guess why Lucian isn't married. And I'm
0: like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, Lucian is such an interesting character because like <laughs> he'll show up to meetings on the second they start, mm-hmm. and there's an option just to just be like Hey, bud, were you just waiting outside the door until it was exactly the right time?
1: <laughs> I got him to say yes. <laughs> um, I also had a great interaction. So I, as I say, I got primaried um, and I lost the primary. And so we were going into the the, the primary and, and he was like, don't worry, sir. No matter what happens, I'm with you to the end. And I lost the primary. He's like, well, goodbye, sir. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> That's, uh, listen, I always knew you were this guy.
2: I'm like, listen, Lucian, don't make promises that you're not going to keep. Like, we both know. come on, man. <laughs> There's, like, one meeting where, that he's late to, and you can stop the whole meeting just to be like, are you okay? Do you need any help? Like, is something seriously wrong? And he's like, sir, I was delayed by traffic.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. There's an interesting lack of empathy within him, too, sometimes. Like, uh... After you attend um, one of the blutish ceremonies, um, he's like, "Great job attending that, sir. It's gonna help your prospects so much." And I was like, "Not everything is about, uh, not everything is about uh, improving my chances, Lucian." And he's like, "Wait, really? It isn't? I thought that's why." Okay.
1: I had the, I don't know, maybe I, I had different choices leading up to that, but he, I did have the same, like, he's like, good good job, that'll improve our chances, I'm like, it's not all about politics. And he's like, it's nice that you think that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, he's like, great. That's why I like you. He's like, you. great job, sir. That sounds really genuine.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'll play great with the voters, sir.
0: Uh, yeah, that's... There's some interesting stuff with the way that they handle, like the various demographics in this, because, like, the there's a nationalist party um, headed by a person who is just straight up Adolf at, at Hitler without the mustache. Like, you go into his profile, he looks exactly like Hitler. You read a few paragraphs, in and he's like a failed a failed art student, and uh, <laughs> he's just constantly every time he proposes a law he's making it like we need to have one language that's used for everything and is constantly going after the uh blutish population like at one point you even read a headline that is titled the blutish question yes it does say
2: he raised the blutish question and i'm like all right bud yeah yeah he he's a real piece of work um. Uh, again another indictment of democracy in a better world that guy would be in jail forever
0: yeah yeah it's interesting how as the game goes on like you continuously see laws that he's proposed that somehow make it to your desk and like both internally and textually your character's like man it's kind of concerning that this total fucking Nazi is able to get lost to the point where they're reaching my desk like
3: mm-hmm.
0: he's like a he's one of the more serious dangers you have to deal with during the during your four years like even after you do what I did and straight up abolish the weird Nazi youth party that's running around mm-hmm. um, it's he's a constant danger in a fascinating way
1: Hmm, that's interesting because I like he popped up a lot for me, but it's basically just anytime I saw his face, I said no and moved on, and I didn't occupy very much of my mind because I he just didn't get any wins.
0: Yeah, but the fact that he was able to even get that far was always
1: very concerning to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the country, like the 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 country itself, I don't know that like it's hard to get a read on like the general population, but like the the. Government and sort of the political structures and landscape of this country are fascist. And you're trying to fix that, but, like, there's a lot of fascism just sort of hanging around. And he's just another part of it to me.
0: Yeah, like, even your wife mentioned something about, like, when you're talking about women's rights in one situation, she's like, I don't know about passing reforms for a blueish woman. And you can be like, hey, hold up, what the fuck did you just say? And... Yeah, things are pretty bad over there. Like, you have to you have to make an active effort to give uh, the Blutish population more say in the politics of their own country here. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's a pretty intense part of the game. Yeah, and there's not really, like, kind of similar to what
2: I said earlier, like, there's not really a, you know, the, the political force of, like, the Blutish people or the communists are, like they're not in the, like, electoral arena in the same way that, like, the fascists are, um, or even, like, the conservative elements of USP. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, if you, even if you are, like, playing a character who more kind of, like, favors that, you know, that side of the, um, of, like, the politics in Swordland, which is, it's a real side, you just don't really have any interaction with them because they're not, like... They don't a big a major part of this uh game is like are you going to like try to make it so they can even get into the national assembly which is really unpopular if you try to do that.
1: And yeah, uh, your only real feedback from that is just like the newspapers being like oh this one's the newspaper called radical and they're like it's really great you're being good to the blutish people and there's one called conservative and it's like it really sucks that you're being good to the blutish people and you're like okay this is uh very nuanced to take you i
2: love the radical um the radical paper because um so i was kind of like role-playing i was i was like more i was like playing kind of like a like a center left kind of deal presidency mm. um i think i mainly just i didn't get i don't think i got cooed for being too communist i kind of just got cooed because i would you know made the military angry <laughs> um uh trying to trying to fund healthcare with their budget um but like so the radical opinion of me was very funny because like Seven seven out of ten of their articles were like President Rain, that fucking idiot, does it again, ruins something that was perfectly that like could have gone well, but he ruined it. And then three out of ten, they'd be like, okay, we have to give this one to, to President Rain, that fucking idiot. He's he's not always an idiot, but it would always be like time. Like it remains to be seen whether this is an isolated gesture of sense from the president, or if it there's some sort of larger plan.
1: Well that was one of the things that was weird for me as as the like the hardcore most marxist I could possibly be um where like they never had anything mean to say about me except for sometimes their phrasing was really weird right like their you know 50th positive article about me in a row they'd be like but we don't know if this is just an isolated gesture buddy i've done nothing but what you've wanted for 3 years <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I also like uh, that one newspaper owned by Walter Tusk, like when he comes to you being like, hey, so you know that uh, highway construction project? It'd be real swell if you gave it to this particular company. And obviously I said no. So every other headline from that magazine from that uh, newspaper was like, you know, things would be going a lot better if this particular construction company was involved.
2: That man, (laughs) that man straight up tried to bribe me. Where's uh-huh. my secret police?
0: <laughs> you get you get so many of those private tums. Like everyone tries, There's everyone just. I had back to back meetings with various um, with various business people, and each one of them ended with them threatening me. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Nobody nobody have- respects the like for a president with like supreme autocratic power at the beginning of that game. A lot of people roll into your office going, "Hey, dipshit." Are you ready to do what I want you to do? Or else? And you're like, hold on. Aren't I, aren't I an yeah. autocrat here?
1: What is happening? Yeah, I had, uh, I, I, like, I had one of those, the two, the two big, um, uh, ones are, like, our Tusk and, like, like, Corbel, Kobel, something like that, um, and Kobold definitely fucked around and found out. Tusk kept trying to bribe me, but he never actually threatened me. He was just like, hmm, I'm real disappointed in you. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. And uh Kobold tried to bribe me a few times and he was like, Well, I know you've got an upcoming policy decision about like whether what to do with like, you know, privatizing companies, and I know you ran on a platform of we're going to make everything, you know, like like a planned economy and everything's gonna be owned by the government, but if you don't change your mind it could be real bad and i'd be like oh weird your entire company just now belongs to the the government and you're bankrupt damn how'd that happen dip <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that
0: it's interesting how little the businessmen can matter to your ultimate plans if you just ignore them or keep saying no to them like they they didn't do much to me for whatever reason, and I was okay with that, but it was a bit surprising considering how, as soon as I defunded uh, the police, um, Lineus Graf, who's basically the one of the up-and-coming rising stars, uh, conservative stars of the USP.
2: Basically the fascist auntie of Swordland.
0: Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> She's just constantly finding ways to, like undermined you especially undermine you especially near the end like Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she primaried me yeah (laughs) (laughs) she didn't primary me but it got close and then I just lost to the um, people's freedom and justice party anyway
3: Mm -hmm.
2: The, uh, yeah, uh, Lilius has, like, one conversation where she says that, like, we need to improve the healthcare system, and I was like, yeah, and then in the next conversation, she's like, we gotta get these immigrants out of the country, and I'm like, ah, I see why you're the head of the police now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. I also had a great, uh, going, going, the, the, the conversation where I privatized, like, one of the two great, you know, big uh, con- like companies was like tusk being like ho, ho ho I told you this would happen youngster and then Cobble being like I'm going to end your life I'm going to destroy you and tusk being like he doesn't have any money he can't do that <laughs> uh, just kick him mean, out do you You'll mean never karanti? See him again the, what
2: do you mean karanti
1: yes I do the
2: guy with the the guy with the uh the news media who like
1: yes. Yeah, well, the guy who was with the news media before I owned them all. Yes.
2: <laughs> Poor one out for fucking yeah, Marcus, just, Marcel Caranti. He was Caranti. really
1: insistent he was going to get his revenge. And I'm like, with what, bud?
2: There are, okay, for for a country that is supposedly in, like, an awkward transition between, uh like, capitalism and, like, a planned economy, there are so many fucking business magnets around. Like, mm-hmm. what. What are these guys? Get them out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We had a... I I, I always... I keep remembering this one, like, conversation about, like, to raise taxes. And so you have... It's, like, it's uh, Rain. It's uh, Simon, who's, like, the business guy. And then it's just, like, these two fucking business guy... (laughs) Business people there. And... I remember being like, so what happens if we raise taxes on big businesses? And the two business guys are like, ah, just the worst possible thing that could happen, sir. The economy would collapse. The sky would turn red. um, You know, it would start raining blood. It would just be terrible. And I was like, what happened if we raise taxes on small businesses? They'd be like, that'd be great. The f- every, all the bread would turn delicious. Um, the sea would desalinate so we could all drink it whenever we wanted. Um, it would just be, uh, it would be amazing. Um, God would descend to earth and smile on us. And I'd be like, man, get these guys out of here. What are you two doing? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I didn't hear the second part of that. Cause they were like, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. If you, if you tax big business, you know, Uh, your blood will turn to fire and, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll rain poison and, uh, your children will die. And it's like, great, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck my kids.
0: (laughs) It was so funny to me when Simon waited my entire term before resigning. Like, I, I made promises going in, like, I'm going to do a planned economy. And he just helps you do a planned economy until the end where he's like, well, I didn't want to do a planned economy. So see you later. Hey, he's a professional. You got to give him that.
1: He I mean, I feel like it It does kind of work where it's like, I mean, first of all, he's like, I mean, it, it is, it looks like, I mean, there's an the obvious mechanical thing of like, if you have him leave really early on, there's a bunch of extra work you have to do creating a new financial advisor and everything. But also it's like, I mean, it does look good on his resume that he worked for the president for four years, you know? Mm-hmm he might as well stick around and then he gets the he just still gets the kudos for for leaving this you know like the, like he gets the he gets the experience of having run it to put on his resume but he also gets to say like yeah and i got out of there because man they were sickos <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i think the only advisor i totally trusted was uh david whiskey um who, who's mm-hmm. basically is your foreign uh, relationships uh advisor um my backstory meant that he was one of my professors uh mm-hmm. in the real politic class i believe and uh yeah he's there's just a lot of really, really good conversations with him where you're just both going back um to your old days talking about your time at the university and he he just has a lot of great speeches about how he never thought he would see himself uh, advising the president like this. Or he he's the most hopeful person I think in the game because he just he's been through a whole lot. He's lived through a whole lot um, through all these various uh, regime changes, and he's just really happy to go out um, thinking that uh, he might have made a real difference here. Uh,
2: I uh, I trusted him because from the first conversation I'm like ah you're a dying old man you have nothing to gain from this <laughs> <laughs> so I know when you tell me to do something it's probably legit because <laughs> like what he you... and like I can even ask about his health and he's like nah I'm I'm fine I mean I'm probably gonna die but hopefully not before my terms up and it's like oh oh damn okay
1: and then the last conversation with him. Um, I know for basically everyone he gives you like a title right he's like you sure are a, a capitalist or you sure are a communist or whatever right Um, and so my last conversation with him was like hey so I'm retiring because I'm sick and I'm going to die and everything and I just want to you know I would prefer not to die in an office chair that sounds unpleasant and I'm like that's fair and he's like you sure are a communist and he's like and I'm like yep and he's like also oh, you're going to get cooed and I'm like yep he's like alright bye <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I hugged him though. You're like, yep,
2: the the military is real mad at me.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like at, at some point uh well, the way the military works is that there's one guy who's like hardcore traditionalist who is determined to both grow the army and keep things the way they are. And then there's Yosef who is like a mid area like he's still he awful wants to, like he's the
2: one he, he wants to americanize the army is the real thing mm-hmm. like he wants to yeah. he wants to take it from like a world war he he wants to like take the army from like an american world war Two style army to like a modern u.s army he wants to reduce the number of soldiers but increase spending on gear for individual soldiers and then like focus on infantry and like infantry capability um that's his grand plan
0: yeah and um like it's very he's very short-tempered and will like fly off even against uh lenius because the two of them if you defund both of them they're basically in a battle over who gets access to what staff and um like, there was a point where I was about to meet with United Cantana, and he was advising me to be careful, and I was like, yeah, I-, I will be careful. We do share a lot of views. And then that was the line that broke the- that was the straw that broke the camel's back for him, because that made him go, oh, you share the same views? Fuck this. I'm out of here. Get ready to get cooed.
1: Yep, I did, I did get that as well. <laughs> I- 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 I, you know, I knew it was gonna make him pissed. I- I- should have considered a further, where I was like, oh, I can't wait to meet that comrade. And he's like, what the fuck did you just say? I was like, yeah, that's fair. That was probably the wrong thing to say. I think the difference
2: between me and Six as a politician is i will i will see a line in this game and be like that's gonna make this guy mad i will say something non-committal where the six is like hell yeah baby let's go <laughs> that's accurate
0: <laughs> and then right after i did the whole military parade to like uh just <laughs> dis- dis- incentivize the uh um oh, whatever the name of that other country the is Rund- that something. is something yeah oh yeah rumberg And uh, it was incredibly funny because like, because I defunded most of the military, all of the equipment was in disrepair. Like you're looking up in the sky and he's like, yeah, these look like a bunch of really ancient bombers. And then the tanks are going down the street and several of them just break down in the middle of the street. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel sorry for them.
1: So is that how the parade went for you?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh what about what about you, Olivia? Is that how the how was your parade? Um I, uh, hmm. I don't remember how my parade was. I'm very sorry. Mine was memorable. Um my military was for some reason in better shape than Jen's, even though I, I stripped their budget to the bone. Um and then some people with assault rifles jumped out in the middle of the parade and tried to shoot me. And the military was <laughs> like, Huh, that's concerning anyway, we're not gonna look into that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I had an inkling that Joseph was pissed. <laughs> uh,
0: I I must have said a few things to him before the parade that got him like still in the mind of we need to do a coup, but just low key enough that he's like, okay, yeah, um, I guess we'll do this parade. Hooray. Yeah, I I
2: kind of I kind of tried to play Yosef and the the actual general guy off of each other a little bit and I think that might have like disincentivized him from trying to assassinate me in broad daylight
0: (laughs) yeah like there's a clear plan your advisors present to you with Yosef like it's a situation where okay the military is kind of terrifying but you can sort of kind of work with Yosef a little bit he seems like he's more open-minded as far at least as open-minded as as Yosef can be so <laughs>
2: which is really funny given that he's like the guy who does the coup <laughs> like yeah. in a way they were pretty wrong about that
0: yeah like like he did during my backstory he did throw me in the brig for letting some migrants pass across the border
1: so <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, uh, uh, reinforcing uh, Olivia's idea that I maybe actively antagonize people. He was. We, we had the, like one of the first meetings of general staff, and he's like, Hmm, I used to be your commander. You weren't very good at following orders. And I was like, Hmm, yeah, now that I am, I hope you'll be better at it, shithead. <laughs> uh, he didn't like You're that No wonder much. he tried to assassinate you.
2: <laughs> Listen. You, couldn't, you couldn't get through a meeting without challenging him to a shadow game.
1: It's true. (laughs) I was hoping that he wouldn't have the money to hurt me. (laughs) I was really hoping Uh, he would uh, not... Like, you say they have those guns. I was hoping they wouldn't have money for ammo and I'd be fine.
0: (laughs) There's some incredibly funny antagonistic choices you can make throughout the game. Like, there's a part where you're meeting with uh, the ambassador from another country and... There's an option to just, like, within the selection of gifts you can give him, it's like, give him a little dog, the kind of dog he hates the most and is terrified of.
2: <laughs> in the scene in the scene where the mayor is going on an anti-feminist rant against my wife, I could, like, there were, like, six options to kind of, like, riff off hit the last thing he said um, and then be like, guards, throw him in the dungeon, you know, where he's like... You're leading this country down a dark path to hell and you can be like, I'll show you a dark path to hell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't go that far. I, I should I should do another run or I'm just like like <laughs> maximum antipathy.
2: <laughs> Speed run to hell.
1: <laughs> anyone anyone who opposes communism, I will deride and then throw in jail. Uh, uh
0: yeah. The options you have to talk with your wife Just constantly maybe Like flinch a little bit Just in terms of You can make so many weird sexist jokes Being like oh yeah you can chase those politics As long as you keep the pot The pot roast good honey <laughs> Yeah the the like The options
2: with uh, The options with the family are like They feel like they're kind of like Always the same three things So it's like talking to your wife Anton's modes are like wife guy um geez honey this is really inconvenient to me and then like cartoon misogynist um mm-hmm. for his son it's like all right champ i'm gonna tell you all about the civil war of night of 34 ni- um or like listen buddy we'll talk about it when you get older or it'd be like god damn it boy you better get down here and stop listening to that rock music or i swear to god i'm gonna call the priest um, with the daughter, it's just three different variations of like, oh, my little baby, my little baby girl, <laughs> everything's fine we did not, nobody was trying to assassinate us, no, no, no <laughs> to, to be but, fair she I, is I, like I... eight, but still
1: with uh, with with the son, the, like the, the finale with him, at least in mine, was so strange, because he's just being this like rebellious, you know, little shit the whole time and then, finally at the end, it's like Oh, you uh you took your like your college entry exam and you did like shit, son. Uh and 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 he's just like, "Wow, I really fucked this up. I guess I'm no longer rebellious and whatever you say is right, dad." And I'm like, okay, okay, why don't you go to school with with at Soviet Russia and become a communist?" And he's like, "Damn. That's tough but fair, dad. Okay, <laughs> see you in like 7 years." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> okay." <laughs> he he
2: was pretty he was pretty chill in my game I think because I I, I don't know I just kind of like was like honest like I don't know I was like pretty honest with him I feel um, mm-hmm. there's a very funny scene where you could just tell him your whole backstory and yeah based on based on like my backstory choices I had made it so like you know like there were. You know, I think, like, during the, during the first coup that, like, you know, Anton had, like, run away and, like, not really been in the thick of the fighting. And, um, also there was something about, like, seeing a little girl die. And I just told, I just told, I just told Anton's son all of it. And he was like, damn, okay, sorry I asked. I thought you, I thought you were going to tell me cool things and not, like, I saw a bunch of people die and it sucked. And it's like, well, son, that's, that's what history is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I took a similar attack, though. I left out the bits with uh, the various people I saw die. Baby. uh... Coward. (laughs) It it was pretty great because, like, at some point, I ended up sending him to um, the best school in the state, even though he failed his grades. And, like, by the time my election was drawing near, um, I basically had to walk through a bunch of protesters to get into my house. And he's like, oh yeah, several of my friends are actually in the protesting group. It's a little bit awkward, but uh, yeah, it is what it is.
1: F. Yeah, I just just kept getting letters from him being like, wow, dad, I sure am a communist now. Communism's great. And I'm like, good. That's good, son. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Sending Uh, me letters in jail about like, don't worry, dad, when I come home, we'll all be comrades. And I'm like, God bless.
0: (laughs) The leader... it's interesting the way that they make your relationship with that uh United Cantana, which is I think where um the communist state you're trying to get closer to yeah, and, yeah. Uh, like the head the head person for that group is wild like (laughs) there's a part where you're going with him to the UN and he just takes his shoe off and starts banging it on the table as someone he doesn't like is speaking and starts shouting at them and basically you can either join in and bang on the table as well or just hide it like shrink in your seat to be like oh god why am I associated with this person (laughs) I don't know him I don't know him (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you get into, allying with him means that you can potentially get into a situation where, like, he's trying to, he's fighting another nation over this smaller island that uh, he believes he has the rights to and the other place believes that they have the rights to, and uh, getting entangled in that is just a situation where... You're going to be asked a lot of tough questions and none of your answers will be the right answers.
1: Okay. So this is, I, I was, I was getting a little confused. You're talking about the guy who's the leader of uh, one of the countries that's part of the Alliance, but he's not actually part of, of the Soviet Union. He's like Soviet bloc.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. You can actually have like basically um, like uh, basically like Karl Marx visit you. um, And he's very different than that. He's just like a tired old man who's like, "Listen, let's make the world a better place, and don't waste my fucking time."
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that that guy was cool. It was just the guy with the yeah.
1: He was he's part of one of the like the Soviet bloc states, and yeah, he's just acting like a complete lunatic at the UN, and you're just like, "I just, listen, just I, I don't I'm looking the other way. I don't know this guy." <laughs>
2: yeah, the the guy who runs United Kantana is seen, always seemed to me like a weird mix of like Lenin and Trotsky. For whatever reason, mm.
1: that's that's fair. I was, I was. They, they, they like have the like the the name of like Marxism as like or whatever, and that's his name. So I just like assumed it yeah. was supposed to be more directly that
2: they, yeah. They make him. It, they do some weird things too, like the kind of like adapting the history of like this this style of communist thought, um, mm-hmm. where they like, yeah, they make you know they make it just kind of like it's one. You know, there's kind of just, like, one main theoretical progenitor who, like, collapses a bunch of different, um, you know, like, ideas about communism into just one ideology in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least he doesn't roll in and he's like, ah, come, ah, da, comrade, I am the big man <laughs> with the big guns. Are
1: you ready to do authoritarianism? I mean, yes, I am. <laughs> but in the sake of, for the sake of communism i'm ready to, that i'm ready, ready do
2: author, to do authoritarianism Demo- if i had more time I, w- I would probably play this game again uh, cuz democracy did not work out for me
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> uh, yeah uh, there's so many different things that you can see but you don't have access to that it's a really inviting sensation of okay what if i play this again and i just do something absolutely buck wild. I bet I can access all sorts of interesting things and watch them play out. The decision I regretted the most was uh it took me a while to figure out exactly how much of a budget deficit I could have before the economy would start uh going through a free fall. Mm-hmm. So at some point it got like minus one or minus two for me, and I was just looking around desperately for anyone to ally with, and I happened to kind of, sort of ally with the dictator asshole to the to the west. Ah, uh,
2: you I allied, when, you allied with yeah. Wellen,
1: huh? I th- I think I made a very simple. So this, I was also in a situation where my budget was 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 bad, and I was freaking out, and. He makes this deal. He comes up with Operation Bear Trap, and he's very proud of the name. He's like, it's cunning, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, it seems really great. Um, And he's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill a lot of minorities. And I'm like, that sounds bad. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Second offer. You don't have to help. You just have to have your borders closed at the time, and I'll give you a lot of money. And I'm like, I mean, you're going to do this anyway, and my economy's real bad i regret that decision a lot
0: (laughs) yeah i made the exact same decision i was like man deficit is fake whatever man
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was sitting at like minus three (laughs) i was like hovering between minus three and minus two for a long time because i was just like whatever man look you gotta spend money to make money and invest invest invest
1: (laughs) i didn't care man I wish i I wish I'd done that because yeah I made that choice and I regret it and there were other times where I was not as progressive as I wanted to be because I was scared about money and then like and then like the next turn there'd be a like a bill that came across my desk it's like what if we tax taxed rich people a bunch and I just get like five budget and I'm like damn it why didn't I knew if I knew this was coming
0: yeah that that's the brilliance of the pacing of this game because like it gets you into situations where. You think that you, you agree to certain things down the line, and then other things come out, out of, come up out of nowhere that you also want to do. So you end up spending budget and budget, and then suddenly the thing you agreed to comes over like five or six turns later, and suddenly you're looking at it like, I should agree to this, but if I do, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in a tight spot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I definitely broke some promises over, this, over the
2: course of this game. Might have something to do with the military coup. Who can say?
1: Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the two promises I broke were um, I made a promise to the guys with the north that I was going to help them out on that, uh, on that island situation. And then I signed a treaty with Marx. And I was like, oh, weird. That no, all the treaty's null and void. Bye. Um, <laughs> which was a, a power play, I think. And then the other broken promise, uh, well, listen, I did tell Peter he could work out the whole secretary thing, <laughs> and I super didn't. Oh,
2: Peter.
0: Yeah, like, the first person I told after finding about about Peter's affair was Lucien over the phone, and <laughs> he's immediately like, oh, this confirms a few things I was thinking about and discovered, so... We're going to go ahead and come into the office before everyone else gets here at this specific time. We have shit to hash out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's funny because it seems like at some point Lucian wasn't capable of actually betraying you. Because I was looking through some of the Steam forum discussions and people were ranking the various advisors and characters from most trustworthy to least trustworthy. Someone very early in the thread put uh, Lucien as most trustworthy, and someone's like, well, you should see the changes they made after this specific patch. <laughs> patch notes, Lucian can now lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Gave
2: Lucian a sense of- ven- uh, gain- gave Lucien the ability to plan vendettas.
1: <laughs> no, he always had that, just not against you. <laughs>
0: There was a part where, when we were challenging Peter and the secretary, they were like, Oh, Lucien's just doing this to become vice president. And the only time I ever saw Lucian express an emotion was, I chose the option. It's like, ha? Are you kidding me? I'd never make Lucian my vice president. And it has a paragraph about how Lucian's face was dumbstruck for a moment. And he it almost seemed like he was about to gasp before he rearranged himself. <laughs>
2: Okay, you Whereas, are, you also Jen, not the best at not provoking people
1: who are supposed yeah, to be your allies. Yeah, I only provoked enemies. When when I got that line from from them, I was like, I mean, be that as it may, he'd be really good at it. Lucian is my special boy, and I'm very proud of him. And then he said, "Thanks, Dad." <laughs>
0: He is just very good at remembering promises you've made and the direction you talked about when you were campaigning, which is very helpful.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good to just have someone in the room being like, "Just so you know, if you take this path, you're going to be closer to what you talked about doing, and if you don't, you won't be." Most
2: unrealistic part of the game.
1: It it does it also makes it extra funny where there are sometimes where like. There are, like, you know, they they have, like, sort of the added line at the, like, they have the normal dialogue for the event, and then they have the added line based on your background, basically. Mm -hmm. And so there were times where it's like, okay, so we could do this, or we could do this, or we could do this, and it's a really hard decision, and I don't know what to do, but you promised you would do option one. I was like, okay, option one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, actually, this was super easy then, thanks. (laughs) Maybe we need to get Joe Biden
2: a guy who said, hey, buddy, who will go, hey, buddy, this is the opposite of what you said you would do. Don't do that. Uh, Because clearly he fucking needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. (laughs) Joe Biden's suzerain.
0: (laughs) God, that would be the most depressing game ever.
2: I mean, this is a really depressing game for me. I don't know. uh, I... Like, I think a lot of the, like, a lot of this game to me is about, like, the, the ways that, like, in the ways that, like, in a democratic system, like, the, you know, the ways that, like, um, reaction and capital are, like, always trying to kind of, like, worm their way in, um, Mm. and the people who have your ear are, like, the people with, like, the, the, like, the worst interests at heart, um, there are several conversations, you know, where they're like, "Let's let's privatize healthcare. Maybe we could make some money that way." And I'm like, "Oh, I know where that goes. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: sorry, I live in America. We are not fucking privatizing shit for healthcare. Why don't we privatize education?
1: No, I know where that goes. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I found it encouraging because I've been like." It's, it felt unrealistic but the fact that I could get away with so with so many like openly like socialist things before i was finally you know like fired and cooed at the same time um like i have been pretty pessimistic about representative democracy for a long time and to me even the idea that you could get this stuff done before being thrown in jail was encouraging mm-hmm.
2: well for me i think it's like part of the thing about representative democracy is like the communist version of Anton rain does not get elected, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. He does. He doesn't make it to even, you know, he doesn't even make it to the primary. Um, uh, just the bummer, the bummer part. <laughs> There's, there was a scene where someone implied to me that the old guard had like, were like the main force behind like Anton rain's presidency. And I'm like, Okay. Well, that's probably not true because if they actually had any hand in the presidency, they probably would have had him like disappeared, based on his campaign promises. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, not- uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. The idea that they they were really behind this guy whose promises were "I'm going to like like uh, like make government control of every part of the economy and every system in this entire country." I don't think they probably would have gone for that. Mm-hmm. All the rallies where I was pissing on a poster of Soul. I don't think they would have been super there for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, the part where you're like, "Okay, I'm going to take a bunch of power away from the Supreme Court." Yeah, the Supreme Court's not super happy about that.
2: Supreme Court's fucking pissed about that. They came in, they were mad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but like, fuck a Supreme Court. I know how. Again, I know how this goes. I know what a Supreme Court does.
1: Nothing good. <sighs> Nothing that's not good. true, but you know, I mean not, not as much good as they should by a lot. Any good a Supreme Court does is like the exception to
2: the to, to yeah. what they are supposed to do um
0: yeah, like like we just had a case in real life where they're like, okay, we're gonna reinstate giving minors uh, life imprisonment and it's like, oh Jesus, this is this is a bad system that we have here in America
1: <laughs> less than ideal. This is a rain story. Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah.
0: It it feels impossible to play this game without getting without being involved in a war crime or two or at least some sort of crime against humanity, which is a shame.
1: I bet you could do it if you wanted to stay bankrupt. We should, we should do we should do the run. We should stream the run where we're just like I'm going to make every like <laughs> Every choice that makes my conscience clean, and fuck what happens to this country and also me. <laughs> <sighs>
2: you probably just get cooed again.
1: Not gonna lie. I, I mean, yeah, but it'd still take four years. That's the nice thing. That's that's what I'm saying. Is no matter no matter how much you oppose every policy of everyone around you, it still takes them four years to kick you out. Gosh, I, it would be so weird if something like that happened in the real world, right? If it took four years to kick an obviously shitty leader out of it. God damn it. I hate everything.
2: <laughs> oh, this this conversation is taking a turn, huh? Once again, Joe Biden's suzerain. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden is Anton
0: Rain.
3: <sighs>
0: yeah, overall, I think this game is really good, like it's the breadth of it, like the sheer amount of options you have and how they tweak things within your playthrough is kind of astounding for a team of seven people. And uh, yeah, it, it it challenged me with topics that uh, I'm not the most well-read on. And also, it it's a situation where it's, it's a game that asks you to more or less find out exactly how well you can stick to your ideals when you're put in a position of power and you can see a bunch of bad shit that might happen with one choice or the other so i think it's really interesting and yeah i I like it a whole lot
2: it's definitely a game that like i want to go back to when i'm not trying to finish graduate school (laughs) Mm. Uh I think I definitely I mean I didn't antagonize people the like six did, but I definitely made some decisions that I probably should not have made were I at, were I functioning at one hundred percent brain power. Um <laughs> so I, I, I do wanna go back, I do wanna tinker with things. Um I wanna just like see see what happens. Um which is a good it's a good feeling for a game. I like that. Uh I like that vibe. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like just hearing how our different stories diverged while playing this it there's so many things that are completely hidden for from you um and hearing other people talk about them is making me think, "Oh, what could I do to possibly make that happen?" Oh, and I want
2: to get the ending where
3: you
1: get nuked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was really worried that we were going to come in here and just have such. I mean, because we—it's like I, I i realized only like in the last week for some reason because I'm stupid. Um, I was like, wait, we all just played socialists. We're just going to have the same stories. And the fact that even though we really played a very like similar approach in a lot of ways, we still had such different stories. I think is a really is really a mark to this game's credit.
2: I mean, I roleplayed a real center left dick bag, so.
1: That's true. That's true. You did suck.
2: I was like, listen, I like me some women's rights. I like me some, uh, some, some women hea- and <laughs> some healthcare." care. Um, however, I will. I will hang out with the media mogul guy and help him fuck over Tusk just because I don't like Tusk. I was like, well, one." It was literally just like, well, they both tried to bribe me, but this guy tried to bribe me in media exposure. So. Um, so I took that one. Because I was like, "What am I gonna do with What am I gonna do with personal wealth now? Media control I can use that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. You got to think about the future.
2: Yeah. And then Tusk got on my nerves, and he happened to give me a call. And was like, "Hey, buddy, you want to nationalize his company?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Sounds like a great idea."
1: <laughs> I want to see what happens if you if you fully nationalize both of them at once, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> just a okay. meltdown of every part of the country I'm sure but uh... <sighs> yeah i'm i'm really glad we played this i thought it was i thought it was a, a very interesting and enjoyable game
0: mm-hmm. yeah thank you for suggesting it Six.
1: sure yeah I, I saw i saw it like randomly on steam like early december last year and I was like this seems interesting and I picked it up and I was like in fact this is so interesting I should stop playing.
2: And... <laughs> right. I'm going to use that one next time a fine tells me to check out a TV show I don't end up biking <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting I just couldn't watch anymore
1: <laughs> I just I had to stop for the next six years to think about what I'd seen it really <laughs> struck a chord with me
2: <laughs> I, had to, I had to save it for my TV podcast Olivia you don't have a TV podcast exactly I have to start one And then watch the TV show.
1: I mean, it's true that literally is how our Genius podcast started. I watched the first episode of The Genius, and I was like, shit, I have to stop and start a podcast about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, did we want to go ahead and uh, tackle some questions? Yeah, throw
2: some questions at me.
0: One thing I'll also mention is that uh, the email has... uh, Changed slightly. Uh, Instead of podcast at abnormalmapping.com, it's abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com just because uh, the former one uh, apparently has been eating emails for various shows on the network. So, uh, Mm. yeah, that's a new place to send questions and comments. And apologies if we ended up uh, receiving something from you. And uh, Well, apologies if you sent something to us and we didn't see it because... Yeah, it's possible that it just got eaten by the system. We don't hate you, but
2: the
1: dog ate your email. I swear. I mean, if you, if you want to <laughs> send it again, you know, we'll either read it or we won't. You know, it, it is possible we saw it and it sucked. It's pretty unlikely though, because that doesn't happen very much. So if you just want to send it again, but the possibility is not zero. We could but hate it's you. It's not zero, <laughs> and you'd never know. <laughs> well, you, you <laughs> would know if you sent it again and we still didn't read it. That would but maybe want to have the hate it.
2: confirmed. Maybe the dog ate your email again. The ambiguity. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Just Maybe. like in Suzerain. You may never know <laughs> what decision you made brought you to this point.
1: Alright. <laughs> emails.
0: Yeah, emails.
1: <laughs> Alright, I'll read uh I'll read this one from uh from Ian. Uh hey everybody, it's Ian, big fan, big fan. Now that you finish the game, my question is, who is Suze and what's up with their rain? Like, is it just raining wherever they go? Or do they control the weather and they're just always feeling like rain? Or what's up with that? Thanks for the podcast. It rules. Y'all rule. Um, so, actually, Suzerain is technically the term for a sovereign who has control over another state that is itself te- internally autonomous. Mm-hmm. Which is
2: interesting, Interesting title to give this game and I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not sure whether it's supposed to be thought provoking or whether they're just using it in the way you sometimes seen it, see it used as like a fancy word for leader.
1: I feel honestly like it's the latter unless they're trying to do some like like no I mean, you as the player are the suzerain. I you mean, know? I mean who is the suzerain, right? Like you, you the player, you're you you have control over this fictional state. That is internally autonomous.
2: No, no, what they mean is, um, what that definition means is that you are the, you are the ruler of a different state and you have control over a over the foreign relations of a client state that is internally autonomous.
1: I misunderstood the definition. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, uh, Lucian, next question. (laughs) 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 All right. Next question. (laughs) Uh, we also have an email here from Cass. Uh, it's it's a long one, so bear with me. And also, if you if you two want to interrupt me for for comments or questions or anything, you know, we're we're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hi, Gen Six and Olivia. My reign had a rough four years. On the one hand, he he passed far-reaching social reforms, chased the oligarchs out of the country, and the old guard out of the assembly, and brought the person responsible for Bernard Circus's assassination to trial. However, he also made some mistakes. Uh, and what we have here is a screenshot of the economy at 1 out of 10 and budget at negative 10, which is uh, for anyone who hasn't played the game, that's low. I'd never got below negative three myself. <laughs> um, and when I was at negative three, I was very worried. Um, having failed to pass the constitutional reforms and facing electoral defeat, my reign chose to resign and was somehow succeeded by the same cabinet minister he just imprisoned for orchestrating circus's assassination. That's how it is. Uh, Yeah, damn. Uh, I was ultimately happy with how my run played out. The way my choices, especially the bad ones, made themselves felt as Rain's term progressed reminded me of the fail-forward design of something like Disco Elysium. It was really satisfying to fail the constitutional reforms and have the core drama shift to unraveling the conspiracy behind a minor character's death. The aspect of Reign I haven't settled my feelings towards is another one I can't help but compare to Disco Elysium. The game allows you to role-play as a fascist, but also makes it a miserable experience through narrative and mechanical disincentives. I was happy with the degrees of left-wing options scissoring leaves open uh, to the player, and the read that emerged from my playthrough was that the game is about the difficulty of overcoming the inertia of bad ideology that has been diffused through institutions. We agree there. but, browsing, but after browsing forums and seeing people post gleefully about their runs as straight-up fascists, I wonder if the breadth of choice Suzerain offers is detached enough that it also works to validate much worse ideological stances. Do you think this is a trap the game falls into? Also, do you ever deal with choice paralysis in narrative games, and if so, how do you deal with it? All oh, morgna westcore Cass. Hmm. Uh, thank you for your, for your very meaty email, Cass. Uh, sounds like... Uh, You were even more dedicated to fuck everyone but the socialists than I was, which I respect.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I... Okay. So here's my thing about... I... I feel like... Hmm. I feel like it's not necessarily, like, on the game... On this game to, like, convert people out of being fascists, you know? Mm. Like... I feel like if you... I feel like more the failure there would be, like, on forms to not kick out the fascists. Um, but I... I don't know. I don't feel like it's necessarily, like... On the game as much. I don't know. I, I I, feel... I feel weird about being like, well, the game kind of fails because, like, you could, you could be a fascist in that game. I think a lot of it is about like a lot of this game is about like the, the ways in which that the structure of swordland like encourages, you know, right-wing politics and fascism. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it would be weirder if the game had that as a theme and then did not allow the player to pursue those policies um, because like the, a big part of the game for me is about how you are encouraged to pursue those policies. So,
1: well, and I think, so this is, this is going to be a weird comparison, um, because I don't know if it, it, it's, it's not the best one. Right. But like the people who are like posting gleefully about their fascist runs. Right. It strikes me as the same mentality of the people who are like posting videos of like the killing spree they went on in like GTA four. Right. Like, and I, I find the GTA games, uh, reprehensible in their politics which is the reason why this is not a great comparison necessarily but there is a kind of person who's just going to be like haha I'm playing a video game and being a shitty person what's up you know Mm -hmm. there's always going to be people who are there for like the consequence-free creation of of fictional suffering Um, and I don't think you can do anything about that that's just how they're going to be
2: I think these are the people who are like man why can't I shoot a child in Fallout 3
1: totally (laughs) totally (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's, it's a situation where I don't think that the choices themselves existing is a bad mark on the game. Like, it's all about the way that the text is written. And to me, Suzerain is a game that uh, is very explicit about how much you can help people by passing these various social reforms and how it's cruelty for cruelty's sake to gang up on the uh, bloods.
1: Mm-hmm. and like the, as 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 you mentioned uh Cass in your email the the game makes playing as a fascist a, a pretty unpleasant experience if you have empathy and if you don't i mean you don't and what is the game going to do about that that can't they can't fix your brain so that, that's just kind of what it is
0: okay yeah in terms of the second part of the question um choice paralysis yes that is something that i deal with fairly often just because like I often find that it's. I've often, I've played a lot of games. Like uh, there's one called Vampire um, where it's very easy to think that uh, a choice means one thing, or when it means something else entirely. And uh, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to disappoint people that often. So like, even if it's a video game character. If I'm in a rock and a hard place when it comes to making a choice in a game, I'll just kind of sit on it for a while. Like, uh, there were certain moments in Suzerain where it seemed like no matter what, I was going to screw someone. And it wasn't just a situation where it was going to screw a bunch of fascists, because that'd be cool. But uh, it's basically asking, okay, do you want the hospital do you want more hospitals in this area or do you want to improve the equipment, which has been causing all sorts of, um, it's been contributing to the mortality rate. So it's a situation where sometimes I'll just have to get up from wherever I'm sitting. I'll pace around the room. I'll think about it for a bit and then I'll come back and make my choice. And, uh, it's a bit harder when I'm trying to play choice games on stream. (laughs) So I can't get up and walk, but, uh, Yeah, I do think that just uh, getting up and walking sometimes can help me come back and uh, decide what to do.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I also do the get up and walk thing. Um, I find that just like
2: moving my body around is like a big like um, facilitator of like me being Mm -hmm. able to, to, to just think through situations. I don't know, like sometimes I'll be like trying to make a choice. You know, in a game or really anything, and then I'll like get up and walk down the hall to like go do something else for a while, and then as I'm walking down the hall, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I got it. Hold on, <laughs> go back.
1: Totally, I uh, I, I reiterate that for me it is walk. It's walking for sure. Um, it used to be walking and, and smoking a cigarette, but then I quit smoking, so I can't do. If you still, if okay, if you smoke cigarettes, it's a good idea to quit. But if you're not going to quit, I find they help me think. So, <laughs> um, but. Or, the if other you, thing is, or if you want the oh, experience, or if you want the vibe
2: of smoking a cigarette, you can get one of those long pretzels and just kind of like, mm. <laughs> 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 I used There you to, go. I used to do that all the time as a kid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but the other thing is, actually, I didn't have this really with, with Suzeraine because my experience is if you give me a lot of choices then I don't have this problem anymore because I get a really good idea of what my character is like and what my playthrough is going to be. And so it becomes really obvious to me in situations what my choices would be. I played uh, Scissorane, I believe, much faster than either of you two. Uh, my Steam says 4.6 hours um, because choices were just obvious. I knew what my character was up to. I knew what my agenda was. I knew how I felt about the people around me. And so like I usually was just like, as soon as I saw decisions, I made them because they gave me so many that I had a really good idea of what I was picking if you give me like a Bioware game where I make a choice every couple of hours it's much harder for me because I don't have as firm of an idea
3: mm-hmm.
1: also because in Bioware games the choices are usually much stupider <laughs> um, Yeah. I, also just to really quickly uh, chide uh, Jen Jen said it's really cool to screw fascists, fascists but of course as we've learned from the Star Wars prequels please don't screw fascists
0: I didn't mean it that
2: way. Anyway, <laughs> Jen, do you want to do you want to organize a coup and like get six out of this podcast? <laughs> I have some uh, rifles.
1: They're pretty old. History, rifles. history will show you as the villains you are. <laughs>
2: I mean, six won't give me any money to buy more rifles, but I do have some old rifles hanging around.
0: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> We'll we'll table that discussion for later. (laughs) I knew I
1: shouldn't have made fun of you for farting at the general meeting.
0: (laughs) I'll have my revenge. (laughs) Olivia will
2: remember this. Uh,
0: It... It's a shame that the game didn't have any sort of, well, from my playthrough, any sort of reference to that SimCity advisor who just goes, You will regret your actions. It did <laughs> have mean, a.
1: Yosef, Yosef was basically the reference to that for me.
0: <laughs> they did have a bit where uh, I was heading to Anrica to be part of a ceremony, and uh, the mayor sent a message along through, <laughs> uh, through Lucian. Where it was just like, I bless the rains down in Anrica. <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. my God. I saw a review of this
2: game that was like, this is a game where it's like, what if every character was the SimCity advisor? And I'm like, well, they're kind of, that's true. Yeah, they do all tell me I'm going to regret everything that happens yeah. whenever I don't do what they say.
1: Mm hmm. Except for Lucian, who just quirks an eyebrow, but that's what that means, is you're going to regret it.
2: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Version of of this game where
2: Lucian pops up like the, the, what is it, the word paperclip? It looks Mm -hmm. like you're trying to run a country. (laughs) Would you like some help?
1: (laughs) Alright, well, next email.
0: Okay, we have this email from uh, my girlfriend Kyrie um who writes in saying electoral politics are certainly a unique vector for storytelling it's also interesting how the game gives you a mapping of your political alignment at the end game my question is does the ability to play in authoritarian capitalist mechanically clash with the game's message does it lead to sympathy for the worst kind of people or do you feel the game has a clear political leaning that rejects right wing ideology hmm i don't
2: I, I would say that I don't feel like the game has, like, a specific political message. Or, like, I don't think it's saying, like, hey, play this kind of president. Um, the kind of, like, political commentary that I get out of the game is more about, like, the way... Like, more about the idea of, like, a political transition and the way that that, that sort of process is... Very muddy and complicated, and that there are always, you know, holdovers and kind of like influences of old regimes, even as you're transitioning into a new one. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, I think that part of it is sort of like not, it's not kind of essential what kind of character that you are playing in the game.
0: I do think that they make no buns about what they think about the Nationalist Party. (laughs) Like, uh, It's clear that the artist who drew that guy was uh, going for someone who looked exactly like Hitler. Um, It's obvious every time he says anything, he's just constantly saying awful shit. So, I mean, I do think that it has some sort of messaging in terms of uh, rejecting that sort of outright fascist view. I, th- point I feel like sort of situation.
2: I feel like he's always saying awful shit, but also your advisors, like several of whom are painted sympathetically as characters, are also saying their own versions of awful shit, you know? Like there are there are characters, like Nia, for instance, is one character mm-hmm. who is supposed to be like you know she's the justice minister. She's anti-corruption. She's a feminist, but she's also like a nationalist in that way. And she is she does voice like anti-immigrant sentiment a few times throughout the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I I feel like like yes, like the specific um nat- like the specific like the most right-wing guy is like cartoonish and like compared to Hitler in that way, but it, it is it is sort of like throughout society.
1: Um, it it feels to me like it's a game that's made by a leftist who's trying to be fair. I guess is the vibe I get. Like I think there I think there are areas where like the the I do think it has like left leaning politics like overall, but I do think it also is like trying really hard to present other perspectives as if not valid at least like interesting to consider. You know. I guess that's 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 my takeaway.
0: Yeah, I I think so
2: too. Interesting to consider, Uh, as in the military will coup you if you do not do something about them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it. I do think it is also like I mean I guess what I I don't know how much to assign this to myself or to the games like messaging, but one of my big takeaways is about like how hard it is to do the right thing when the systems are set against it, right? That's, that's a, that's a, to me, a big message of the game is like, no, listen, if you try and just do the right thing, you will end up in jail. You mm-hmm. just will. Um, And that's, you know, I feel like that's meaningful.
2: Yeah, because you're, you're enmeshed in these systems that are much larger than even your individual country, you know, like mm-hmm. um, part of like one main thing, like the reason that you can't just totally ignore the military and like, you know, just throw all of that budget into um domestic stuff is because there is like rumberg which is out there and does have hostile intentions towards your country um even if the military were to not coup you you know like rumberg is getting ready to invade um i i
1: I don't know why i just randomly remembered this one of the things that happens is you get like the little reports just like the simple little messages that pop up on various cities Mm -hmm. and i signed a deal with you know like like fake fake soviet union To like let them access to our ports in exchange for some money. Mm -hmm. And some of the money went towards buying new warships. And Yosef basically named one of the new warships "I hate the Soviet Union." <laughs> it was <laughs> <is> very funny. <laughs> it's, it's like he named it after like a famous like battle where like like that like is infamous in the Soviet Union and they're, and they're like really hate to talk about. And it's like some of the some of the you know the and you know sailors seem very uncomfortable.
2: Joseph. <laughs> uh, you weird, you weird little like burlap sack of a
1: man. <laughs> like he's he's the he's the like the gift from scanners. He's that guy.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Lucian is constant. His portrait is just him with his eyebrow <laughs> arched as if he just watched you take a shit in public. He's
1: always mildly like concerned and disapproving. <laughs> you know, it's just
2: like hmm, sir. <laughs> Oh, scandalous Which I think was the th- <laughs> Okay so I need it We need to get a big picture of Lucian And then just like put under him in the meme font That one's going in my cringe collection <laughs> <laughs> That's the face that he has
0: Yeah His look of constant disapproval on me Was the thing that made me trust him overall I think
2: <laughs> Peter is the one going in the
0: cringe compilation Yeah <laughs> God, the bit where he just buys a mansion and turns it into a gentleman's club. (laughs) Bro.
2: I was at that gentleman's club and I was like, man, are you kidding me? Is this really what you've been doing? Uh, There's a bit where he's like, "Uh, who is that? Um... I think it's Simon. Like, these guys are always buying insane houses. But there's one where somebody's like, oh, Simon, congratulations on your new villa. And you can be like, you bought a new villa? And he's like, not really a villa. It's just a modest sort of deal by the coast. Only one swimming pool and golf course. And you can just be like, bro, what? (laughs)
0: Yeah, like, this game throws around a lot of uh, stuff with real estate, except uh, when Peter introduced me to the person who set up their mansion, uh, he was like, yeah... Shame no one likes you as much as they like Peter, so you're probably not going to get a sick mansion like him, but oh well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did, you know, have several instances where people were like, please have a drink. And I'm like, I'll have water. And they're like, welcome to this nice restaurant. I'm like, I'll have the salad. (laughs) And it's just like, wow, nobody really likes me. Like, I'm not fun to hang out with.
2: (laughs) I got, look, I got the salmon when Tusk said try the salmon. I'm not that petty.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, I, one of the things I want to do is there's an achievement for, basically, you order carbs for all three fucking, <laughs> all three <laughs> courses, and the waiter just freaks out. <laughs> like, you can't do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Lord.
2: there's, I love this scene where they have you drink the fancy wine, and it's like, you drink it. It tastes kind of sour. It tastes kind of bitter. You don't like it that much. And they're like, what do you think? And you can be like, "Mm, the palate, the sophisticated aftertaste. (laughs) It's truly (laughs) delectable.
0: (laughs) I I guess that does get me to one thing I forgot to mention where, like, if you let your wife take a more, like, take a bigger role in politics, I find it kind of weird that it treats what comes after as a negative thing where it's like, oh, you came home and no one's there to make your dinner. Oh, no. (laughs) Like,
1: learn to cook. (laughs) Learn to cook, Anton. You do get, like, if you reheat the soup, you're like, the soup is really shitty. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Anton.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, I guess that about does it for the whole question section. But again, like... If you want to write in thoughts about this game later, or the next one we're doing, just send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Or, you know, also, if- uh, like, listen, if you if you are one of the people who's like, I don't like writing emails, I do know people like that, you can just DM me or Jen on Twitter, I'm sure it'll be, well, you can't GM DM Jen, you can DM me.
3: <laughs> yeah. Jen's DMs are closed uh, because
1: uh, she has too many followers and that has bad side effects. Bother me, I don't give a shit. <laughs>
0: But yeah, um, our next game was selected by Olivia. Uh, What are we playing next, Olivia?
2: We are playing a game that I definitely had pulled up. Uh, Ready to go right here. Vampire the Masquerade Night Road, which is a 2020 text adventure RPG set in the Vampire the Masquerade universe about being a vampire courier who, you know, delivers things between different vampire havens um and just, you know, uh trying to survive the, you know, conspiracies, uh supernatural events and uh bullshit tasks your bosses make you do. Hell yeah. Just like in real life. It's exactly what being a trucker is like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it sounds really interesting, and it's been forever since I've tried playing a text adventure. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I messed around with, uh, I messed around with the the various sort games at uh, one point or another, and uh, I also, um, I played one that the writer of uh, Silent Hill: Shattered Memories put together before he made his de- his big AAA debut with that game, um, and that was really interesting. But yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see what a 2020 text adventure looks like. I played, um, I played another,
2: um, it was kind of a text adventure, but I played another vampire, the masquerade game, which takes place like entirely through like a text messaging interface. Um, and it's just you like texting different characters about like being a vampire, um, which was, which was fun. (laughs)
0: That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> like,
2: I'm pretty sure the first text conversation is like you texting a friend and being like, man, something messed up just happened to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> the shit's whack. I, I woke up, I tried to leave the house and my skin set on fire. It was real weird.
0: Uh. <laughs> oh, that, that does sound fun to play too. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this one. And uh yeah, and until next time, where can folks find you?
2: Me? Find
0: <laughs> Yes, you and then six. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just thought I should say that, kind of offended. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Grey Grebe, uh where you can find the uh, other podcasts that I do in my pinned tweet. Uh, like Do Not Steal, which is the podcast where me and my friend Hannah uh, like review and critique tabletop games, and then like more importantly, make OCs in them, and then talk Hello. about it. Uh, we've got the episode on Eclipse Phase going up by the time this one is out, which is uh, if you wanted to hear me and Hannah's take on, like, a fucking space, uh, space cyberpunk buddy cop adventure, uh, we've got that.
1: That sounds pretty dope. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at 6-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Uh, you can also find my work at ScanLineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash media. I think I do nine podcasts these days, so I'm not going to list them.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you can find me at JBU3 on Twitter, and most of my work lives in the same place that uh, Six's work is, uh, over Hell. on ScanLineMedia.com. Oh, sorry. <laughs> ScanLineMedia.com and Patreon.com slash media. And, uh... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure of like, we we'll record next
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish we remembered the thing
1: that they say. Uh like the the um like not not Latin thing. Yeah, so like
2: the the sordish language like thing that everyone says all the okay, I, time. Okay,
1: okay, okay, I got this. Give me give me okay. Okay. <clears throat> the pronunciation is key. Uh a Morgana Westcore
2: yeah, there we go. That does actually sound right.
1: It is correct. I I looked it up. This there's an achievement, so I just looked at the achievements. Oh, there's an achievement for saying it seven times. <laughs> I wasn't saying it because at some point I forgot what it meant, and I'm like, is this a fascism thing? I think it's something about victory. So probably anyway. I <laughs> uh, I'll say it again. Quick save.
0: see you next time folks bye
1: everyone quick load and then I start the podcast over again oh no
0: (laughs) oh it's groundhog day but for podcasts